Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome to Badgedamia. Bill is somewhere <laughs> that is not Cedar Falls today. Bill, where are you? I am in Portland, uh, and I would not recommend the hotel I'm staying at because it has been a mess, but we're going to do this because we care about you, our listeners. Bill, if you have a chance, one of my favorite places in Portland is an ice cream shop called Salt and Straw. Oh, is it in downtown Portland? I bet. I think so. (laughs) Your your response is about as good as the hotels with any (laughs) issues we have. (laughs) I'm like, it is somewhere in Portland. Um, I wasn't driving when we were there. So I think that it it felt a little downtowny to me. But um, okay, I really don't know. I'm digging it. So yeah, all right. We one of the faculty that I'm here with uh, is on the 22nd floor and had cold water this morning, and they um he called the front desk and they're like, yeah, man, hot water doesn't get up to the those floors in these old hotel buildings. <laughs> I I appreciated that the Hilton in Portland was just like that's the way it goes. <laughs> Shit happens, man. I'm down on the fifth floor, or as I like to call it, the plebes, and we had plentiful hot water. So, well, there you go, just soaking it all up. Yeah. So, so Bill's in Portland. I'm still in my claw office. Um, yeah, it's been a week, y'all. So, um, we do want to remind you all that we have a giveaway coming up soon, right, Bill? Yes. Yes, you need to give us your uh, rate on Apple Podcast by uh, this Sunday at midnight, and we will randomly draw a name, and then whoever name gets drawn, you get to consult with Sue, my mother-in-law, and she will make you a custom tie-dyed shirt, and she is amazing at tie-dye, so. She is amazing at tie-dye. This is an exciting offer, y'all only last until you only have till this Sunday. So like us, support yes. us, do that thing. Yes. So I've got a question for you, Bill. If this semester All right. was color, what color would it be? Oh, well, I'm colorblind. So gray. No. So this is a, um, a great question for me to ask. <laughs> yeah. Um, Definitely wouldn't be yellow because I associate that with happy. And no, I, I'm not unhappy. This has been a chaotic semester. Um, so maybe orange. I feel like orange is kind of like chaos. And I appreciate chaos. Thank you. Generally. Thank you. Like, yes. Well, I appreciate chaos, Dick McGue as a professor, but I also appreciate like the fun of kind of chaos. So good deal. See, you're more about optimistic you? than me. I was definitely like poop brown. Poop brown is how I feel about the semester. Um, the we just need to flush it away. It's time <laughs> to be gone. Um, it stinks. Let's move on. <laughs> I like it. Um, At least you're honest. I I, I, I am honest. Um, I need to work I on my mindset, you don't- though. I appreciate you don't fall, fall victim to toxic positivity. Like, I think you're positive when things are positive, but when they're not positive, you're not somebody that's like, we just need to be happy. It's like, it sucks and there's no way around it. Exactly. 
So, but you know, it is temporary. It's temporary, y'all. Um, mm -hmm. So I do have one sort of like bonus question for the week. Bill, do you have a favorite travel snack? Oh, like if I'm in an airport um, or I'm on the road? Yeah, like is there like a snack that you treat yourself to that like maybe you don't normally? Well, peanut M&Ms are always my go-to. And if I'm having a rough day or I'm traveling, peanut M&Ms and Diet Mountain Dew, those are my go-to. Um, even like yesterday at the airport, we had kind of a long travel day and I just was like, you know, this is what I need in my life, these peanut M&Ms and Diet Mountain Dew. And I just sat in a corner and charged my phone and ate them. That sounds delightful. What about you? That's the life. So I was like thinking about it when I'm driving, I sometimes uh -huh. get a uh, watermelon bubble gum and I like okay. it while I'm driving because blowing bubbles keeps me awake and alert. <laughs> um, okay. But, you know, I, that's, when we're talking, I realized I don't. Okay. I like realized that right now I'm drinking a Canada dry zero sugar ginger ale. Cause I live <laughs> wildly. <laughs> yeah, you um, too. My God, slow down, slow down, <laughs> young one. You've got years left. <laughs> it's a wild life I live, but um, I actually don't drink soda very often. So when I'm on the road, I do enjoy a good sugar-filled, caffeine-filled soda. Mm. I like it. Yeah. Nice. Good deal. I I don't Elaine. have a, what's Elaine's my. My wife, Elaine, um, she, for the longest time, she's quit doing this, but she used to buy um, orange Tic Tacs and she would oh. eat like, like boxes and boxes of orange Tic Tacs when we were on the road, just like shotgun them down. It was amazing. But That's I think awesome. she's, she's gotten over it. Yeah. Isn't it funny? Some of those things, like sometimes I'll eat Mentos. When we're like on a road mm. or something, like there is no way in other life circumstances I'm like snacking yep. on Mentos. Yeah, so, you know, yep, I agree. Got those travel snacks. All right, so I, I like a good Snyder. Oh, sorry, I like a good Snyder of Hanover's pretzel as well. Oh yeah, so I'm really into the mustard dot pretzel. Yes, they're so yeah. good. And I think I only paid like $5 for them at the union. <laughs> After I saw your picture of you with them. Uh, so Danielle sent me a, a text because we text about a million times during the day. And it's rarely about the bachelor. It's just random stuff. Um, but she sent me a picture with them and I immediately ran out and like bought some and they are, they are good. They're very good. So, um, Dots, we're sponsoring you. <laughs> or yeah. you're sponsoring yep. I, I don't know how it's working. Buy Dots pretzels, I guess, is what we're saying. Um, they're delicious. Yeah, well, and if they want to sponsor us and they don't even have to pay us, they could just send us some free Dots pretzels. Oh, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I feel like we All should right. jump well, into the episode. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Now that people are got you got your snack, it's time to have a recap on this week's yep. Bachelor Pet. So last week we said goodbye to Jamie. So I feel like there's an opening 
for a bachelorette villain and that this episode is about reestablishing a new villain. (laughs) Yes, I agree. All right. So after like Martin impressed Michelle with his care and attention by like pulling her aside during the top gun gate date. Um, she begins this week by inviting him on a one-on-one. Were you surprised at all, Bill, that he was the one? No, and it, yeah, and especially because I feel like she, with the whole thing with Jamie, she wanted to kind of like, you know, see if that really, if 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 he was going to defend Jamie or how he was going to assess it. So. Yeah, so I don't think that I really was aware until Olu brought it up that Jamie mm-hmm. and Martin were really close. Um, so I don't think that I I like feel like I must have missed that or something. Yeah, it was dropped like very vaguely in a episode before, and I I had for whatever reason picked up on it, and so I wondered if they were going to try to play that up. Yeah. So the day very much it- like the. Uh, very much like the Dr. Chris and what's her name thing on Bachelor in Paradise where like, Oh yeah. uh, I can't like, they really wanted that to happen. Right. They wanted those two to go together and have an awkward interaction. I felt like they were trying to set up the same thing with this one. So. Yeah. And it it sort of worked. So um, their their date starts at the racetrack. Um, I do find these racing dates a little bit dumb but that being said, it does lend itself some really great puns. So, yes. you know, will Michelle's heart race for Martin? Is he on her radar? Yes. Is he her ride or die? <laughs> will this date spin out of control? <laughs> Others <laughs> need to add, Bill? No, those were all good. Um, are they going to end up in the fantasy suite? Will she grab his gear shift? I don't know if you want to get dirty, but... <laughs> Oh, good. You really took that where it needed to go, Bill. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, <yep. laughs> so I'm very I, familiar with the bottom. <laughs> so after racing, they get into like, okay, so my favorite is they get done racing and they take them to this like metal hot tub that is just like surrounded by tires. And it's they're a like, cattle trough. <laughs> Being a Midwesterner, so co- or, uh, co-host Kim and, you know, and Elaine and I, because co-host Kim's been living with us, um, we're sitting there. And at the same time, we were both like, that's a freaking cattle trough. Like, we, we've seen that on the farm before. So, like, in your head, I'm, like, wondering, is the water really hot? Or are they, like, in this, like, is it a hot tub? Is it a cold tub? Like, like, and I, I hope they put some benches in there because those things are not like, I mean, they are just basically metal. Yeah. And you could easily know. get like, yeah, you could easily get, uh, oh, what's, what do you get from the cut? Lockjaw. Uh, <laughs> the tetanus? They rusty. had to get tetanus yeah, shots tetanus. after their jacuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You're like, you're sipping on champagne in this like metal tub. Like that's surrounded by tires. And I, I'm just like, y'all COVID's impact on these dates is like for real. (laughs) I just, I, my heart goes out to people that are trying to date right now and have to sit in metal tubs. (laughs) (laughs) Cattle trough that they pulled from the field over there. (laughs) Shit, fill it with some water. 
we got this. Oh my goodness. So this is when like some tires by it. it. It's some tough stuff. So the conversation really gets weird. If like the scenery isn't weird enough, the conversation gets weird when Jamie's brought up and Martin's like, he's a hell of a man. <laughs> and michelle really feels like his comments are him questioning her decision what do you think about this i i don't know i i thought that was just very awkward i was surprised because he got a rose in the end right yeah I was surprised he got a rose because her body language and her face while he was talking, it was like, Oh boy, Martin, this is not going well, big guy. Like you <laughs> jump ship. And I felt like he kind of corrected, but then I, my question was, was he being authentic in his correction of what he was saying? Or was he just saying what she wanted to hear? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I thought I was kind of rooting for Martin. I'm like, Martin, your hair, I don't know how to support that, but I thought that there were some things that he had done in his interactions with Michelle that I was really impressed by. And so this felt like a real big shift to me. And yeah. um, I agree. She seemed incredibly uncomfortable. But I sort of have some questions on whether or not I think that that discomfort is warranted. Right. Like the guys do have relationships with each other. and. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like he was necessarily like questioning her decision, but he was like, Hey, like I like Jamie, but like, ultimately mm -hmm. like you're the reason I'm here and I want to have a relationship with you. And so like, I kind of am like, I, I don't know. That's a really good point. And, and this, this goes to later on and, and maybe this is a little bit of extra credit on my end, but I, you really like, I have two two opinions on this. One is you really do want somebody who can get along with people of the same sex. Like you want people who can have friends because like antisocial people don't make good significant others. Um, and then the other thing is, spoiler alert for Michelle or anyone who's dating, your spouse is going to have friends that you don't really care for. <laughs> and um, it's not really fair to be like, you can't be around them unless they're like, committing illegal crimes or something you know you're like the best thing you can do is just be like yeah i'm not gonna hang out with you when you're around with them i'll just go watch the tv shows you don't like to watch and uh i felt like michelle was a little bit like being a bit controlling it's like i you know i'm an individual you can i get to like who i like and um yeah well i mean i think that she projected him being friends with jamie onto her right her decision making and i didn't know if yes. that was fair but then i will say when they go to so they go to dinner after the tub situation <laughs> and mm -hmm. and she brings it up again and i will say i didn't really love martin's response then when in that situation, he's like, oh, I'm blunt. I'm working on my communication skills. But like, I never <laughs> try because that's how I was raised. And I felt like at that point, I felt like he, he just talked, he talked a lot and maybe it's the editing. But so I was really surprised mm -hmm. because this somehow works 
And Michelle sort of says that she feels like he's really listening. And that then he applies very quickly what he's learning. And so she gives him a rose. And I felt like, I, I was like, I sort of feel like what went on that I didn't get to see, cause this doesn't quite add up. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't exactly see what he said that would have been like, oh, wow, he's really thought about what he heard me say and he's processed it. Now he's, you know, changing his behavior or something. Yeah, I couldn't really figure out what exactly went on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I also, whenever someone says they don't cry, you know, guys sometimes say that like it's like a badge of honor. It's like, I don't think that's a braggable point. Like, if you're like, I just never cry. Like I, well, yeah. I mean, I think he was think sort of offering that up as like, I was like raised to not cry. And I realized that that mm. like means that I struggle to communicate emotions and that's something I have to work on. Okay. I'll buy that. So see, yeah. I, t- I listened to Danielle. You're such a good learner, Bill. Thanks. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Also, like, I wasn't totally sure how him not crying related to what was happening with Jamie. It just seemed very confusing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I felt I kind of like went back and watched it again, because I was like, I kind of thought that I had just missed something the first time that I'd watched it. And then I went back and I was Mm -hmm. like, yep, nope, still doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) I don't know. So they move on yep. to the group date and the group dates, um, Will, Chris S, Casey, Chris G, Leroy, Rodney, Olu, Brandon, Clayton, Joe, Romeo, and Nate. So there's still a lot of them. Um, but when Nate. they announced this, that's when we also learn that Rick will get the next one-on-one and Nate is disappointed. Um, and he sort of says that his one on his time for a one-on-one will come now. And apparently yes. those are some drama starting words. Them's fighting words, <laughs> but not like real fighting, like very passive aggressive fighting. Absolutely. So that kind of foreshadows what's going to happen later. But we move on to this date. That's a slumber party. They all get silky PJs. There's a risky business montage with Chris that I never want to think about again. <laughs> Um, it's moments like that, that I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Um, but the guys are having fun. Um, Clayton punches Olu in the stomach. Um, I have no idea why. Um, also Clayton is still not that interesting. So like, I'm just like, what is going to happen in like the next couple of weeks? Yes. I, I don't know. I have no idea. It is very confusing. All of it. And also you cut out a little bit so I couldn't hear what you said. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes it even more confusing. Um, So they have a teddy bear fight, which is a not so interesting twist on the classic battle fight. Um, (laughs) but like, as they like, Oh, I I disagree. I disagree. (laughs) I think the petty, the teddy bear fight adds a level of interesting to the pillow fight. We are at odds on this one. (laughs) Bill and I, (laughs) we disagree. 
Um, will this podcast continue with such a riff <laughs> between the podcast co-hosts? <laughs> so I will say I thought that some of the pillow fight was pretty funny because there were some surprises. Like, yes, you know, like Nate really, Nate really took it. Um, it seems like really fast approaches to hitting people with the teddy bear were more successful than strong, more spaced out. Yeah. 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 Elusiveness and speed are definitely the keys to teddy bear fighting. Also, they slowed it down. And there's just something that I was very found very humorous about these like Jack, like alpha male guys hitting each other with teddy bears in slow motion. <laughs> it, it was I, I OK, I, I don't know. I might be convinced that the teddy bear fight um, was a nice twist on the classic pillow fight. But perhaps also not to get. Oh, not to get too gendered, but Kim and I were talking about this in a lane while we were watching it. Like the slumber party that they were having was a slumber party that girls have. It's much different than the slumber party teenage boys have, where it'd be like the porn magazines somebody found in their dad's basement, like cardboard box stash, a video game, like very smelly pizza like farting competition. This was like, we're going to talk about our feelings and we're going to pillow fight. And then also I've never seen a pillow fight that didn't end up in an almost fist fight between guys because you start hitting each other and then you just, then it, it gets worse and worse. So. So I have to say, I really miss slumber parties. Like I want to have a slumber party, but then I keep remembering that like, I can't sleep as an adult on like floors mm. or you know this the sleeping situation of slumber parties i'm my body can't handle anymore and <laughs> um i don't want to stay up past 9 p.m which are two <laughs> things that make it hard so but basically i would like to hang out with my girlfriends in pajamas and talk about our feelings <laughs> That's right. When you were over at our house, you were angling for a slumber party with Elaine and Kim and like you were trying to set it up. Oh, yeah. I haven't let I haven't let it up. I'm, I'm still angling. <laughs> <laughs> so but um, like any slumber party, there's someone who feels left out. And that person is Michelle in this episode. <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> That's so a good point. Every slumber party of more than two people, somebody feels left out. Oh, yeah. And so, like, they do these, like, really dramatic sort of create these dramatic images, too. I think my favorite one is after the winning team gets, like, dosed with confetti. Like, <laughs> no one pulls Michelle aside, and it's, like, her like all mopey and like the guys like gleefully jumping around in their pajamas in like <laughs> confetti. <laughs> it was and amazing. It is amazing. Um, but so like you know, Michelle really um is upset about this though, and Caitlin kind of pulls her aside and they have this heart to heart. Um, thoughts on this? 
I don't. I so I talked to. I, I I said this when I was watching it, and it's like, you know, I always am a little at odds when the the principal is angry that people aren't paying enough attention to them. And Michelle has a little bit set up a hard situation where she keeps canceling these cocktail parties, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like she wants the guys to approach her and get to know her, but then she gets mad and she's like, no cocktail party. So it's like she's kind of doing this anxious, ambivalent, like pulling away, you know, someone starts to get close and someone makes her mad, she pulls away. And so I don't know. So I'm empathetic to this idea that she's often felt left out in her life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is kind of a sore spot for her. But Mm -hmm. I think that what disappointed me isn't necessarily that she felt that way, but that like she didn't act on it immediately the way that she has so many other things. Um, Yeah. You know, like I think that if in that moment, she would have, you know, like asserted herself the way that she has throughout most of the show and said, Hey, um, Hey guys, remember me? (laughs) I I think that she could have like, they would have immediately shifted their attention and like realized what was going on. And I think would have given her the attention that she was seeking. Um, and so, I mean, I, I also thought that Caitlin in that conversation I think that Caitlin just must be such a good listener and an empathetic friend because I've noticed several times as like a host she is so good at navigating these kind of fragile situations and so I just want to give Caitlin a little bit of love yeah yeah she's a as as a principal i did not i didn't have any strong feelings i wasn't like oh she's amazing uh but as a host and like some of the backlash she's got um for her like looks changing and her responses to him i've really been like she's she's kind of awesome um so i think that i get the feeling that she must be a pretty good person because it seems like how people respond to her um kind of demonstrate that so at the cocktail party michelle does express her disappointment to the men and she kind of she explains you know why she's felt that way and um olu really responds empathetically and he he also shares some of his sister's experiences um and i thought that that was a lovely moment and then michelle sort of takes nate aside and says that she feels especially hurt by him Um, Because she has, I think, more feelings for him and expected more from him. And he apologizes and promises to do more to make her feel seen. Um, Any questions or any like comments, I guess, about any of those moments? No, good move by Olu. So the next day, Rick and Michelle have their one-on-one. Um, and <laughs> I appreciate that when someone does something nice, our comments are like, yeah, good job. But when they do something wrong, it's like, all right, let's make yeah. this shit apart. First Absolutely. thing, I don't like the look on his face. Second thing, he chews too loud. I've never heard him chew, but maybe he chews too loud. Third. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Academics at our finest. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah. 
screw something good happening. We want to really go after the bad stuff. You bet. So um, the next day, Rick and Michelle have their date and they go for this walk through the woods and they find this wish box and they add their wishes. Um, and and Rick, Rick talks just a little bit about losing his father. And then they add a wish that reads, I wish to find love by having hard conversations. So, Bill, what do you think about this wish as a relationship expert? Um, well, I think that that's a lot more thoughtful than the show's ever been about what relationships are really about, right? I mean, I think relationships are a lot of hard conversations or hard conversations are what get you to the parts of relationships that are fun and interesting and, and, you know, make people happy. And so I really appreciated that. Um, but I also don't think wishing is really the, the way to do it. Like, um, so maybe hopefully it was like an agreement between the two of them that we are going to have hard conversations and we're not going to shy away from them. Um, and we're going to fight fair when we have them. And, I think that's probably the basis of really good relationships is that people are willing to do those things. So I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sort of feel what like about you as a communication, as a communications expert, Danielle, what, what do you think Dr. Dick McGill? Well, I think that it's interesting that you would find love by having hard conversations in some ways. I think that hard conversations find you as you're trying to fall in love, right? Like, okay. You know, you know, like, um, I mean, so like, I agree with it. I agree that, you know, part of being in relationships is having to navigate hard conversations, but it's something that I don't, I don't think you can plan for hard conversation, you know, like, um, yeah plan to have hard conversations I think hard conversations just happen to you because life does that make mm -hmm. sense and I mean I kind of agree with what you yeah. were saying is that I do think that people can avoid the hard conversations so if maybe this is a commitment that when the situations arise that call for a hard conversation that we're going to have them together and that's like through mm -hmm. those moments that you know, relationships really grow. I'm like, cool with that. Um, yes. Yeah. So at dinner, Rick does, go ahead. Very well said. You should be an expert in communication. I'm trying. You are. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> so um, at dinner, Rick opens up more about his upbringing. Um, so we kind of find out that he found out um, that his dad was cheating on his mom um, when he was when he was a teenager, you know, picked up his dad's phone and saw a message from another woman. And um, so he kind of talks about this experience and how much it impacted his relationship with his dad and his family and how he sort of felt like his dad blamed him a little bit as like the whistleblower yeah. um, for yeah, that was, the relationship. That was a tough one. That's a lot yeah, that, to that was, Yeah, that was, that was a tough, like just, and then basically how for like the last 10 years of his life, he had been depressed and yeah, man. Yeah, that's a lot for 
for someone to have to navigate. And um, mm-hmm. so he shares he shares these things with Michelle, and then he lets her know that he's falling in love with her. Um, which I think was a big moment. I think is he the first one to tell her that he's falling in love? I think so, unless we haven't um, unless we haven't uh, seen it, but yeah, um, yeah, that's the first time I think it's been on there. Yeah, and I think like she's been was on really the actual surprised. television. Um, she was surprised. Yes. Yeah. Um. So we do enter the next cocktail party after this, um, and we still don't have a villain. But then Chris, mm-hmm. Chris steps in and he takes over. Yes. Um, he says, I'll be the boy's father. Like yes. He will lead them through this moment. So Chris <laughs> is, Chris kind of comes, like, thinks that he's playing the hero role, right? He's like, y'all, right. Michelle is really upset. Some of you all didn't see it. She she felt like she was ignore, uh, ignored, like... People, people are being cocky. Like we need to step in. I, I don't know. I don't know what he thought. I mean, he thought he was going to be a hero, I think. Yeah. I think he wanted TV time and he got it, but yeah, it was, it was like not real well said. And even when he said it, Michelle was standing there and she was kind of like, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, thank you. Okay. It was was really weird because he kind of interrupted because when he also like made his speech, that's normally Mm -hmm. Michelle's time to talk. And so, yes. Yeah. Um, It kind of reminded me, it kind of reminded me of Kanye at the Grammys when he stepped in front of Taylor Swift was like, I'm a, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish, but first, like I felt like that was kind of what he did. He he Kanye'd her. Um, I that makes me think. Um, Elaine is hosting a Taylor Swift night at Spin Class tonight. <laughs> I really want to make it. Um, I hope she has some <laughs> Kanye on there too, or maybe that's like what you can't, what you absolutely can't have them together on the same playlist. Well, know. it's uh, it's Taylor Swift and her exes, and she never yes. dated Kanye, so, yeah. <laughs> oh. So, Although Elaine kept insisting that Taylor Swift dated Justin Timberlake, and we were like, no, they never dated. I don't know where you're coming up with this. They're like, so. their age difference is, I mean, pretty intense, too, I think. I think That's like, what Justin, I was trying to say. I... Justin Timberlake was, like, married and had kids yeah i think she's confusing taylor swift and britney spears in her mind oh i, I think mean, she's conflating them. white women so. yeah <laughs> yeah um singers well so if things were awkward enough when chris kind of interrupts michelle to make a speech to save michelle afterwards brandon's like hey can i I take you aside and Chris is like no I want to have a conversation with her and Michelle's like um uh, Brandon was first but yeah we should probably go talk (laughs) and they talk and it's clear that Michelle's like 
doesn't know what to do with things because she doesn't Mm -hmm. like she's sort of like oh okay yeah all right (laughs) bye-bye yeah yeah but then michelle does kind of pull nate aside and she's like you don't Mm -hmm. have it in the bag i'm not a prize to be won (laughs) what did you think about this I I appreciated her saying that, uh, and I liked the look on Nate's face. Um, yeah, I don't know. I felt like it was. I felt like she reclaimed what we like about her, which is that she's very forward and she's clear, and um, she can have hard conversations with people without it being like the end of the world. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I I appreciated that too. I think that the thing that's tough is that she's basing this off of the information she got from Chris. And I felt like yes. the interaction between Chris and Nate, when he was like, when basically he said, oh, my one-on-one time will come. I just didn't mm-hmm. feel like that was this like egregious, cocky comment, right? You know, so because I just didn't, I kind of felt like maybe Nate is more cocky and we just don't see it, but I didn't think Mm -hmm. that the moment that he was accused of for being cocky was like him being like, I, she's my prize. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't get that either. Like I, I for sure was not like, as I was watching it, I wasn't like, Oh wow. He's like basically claiming her like he's peeing on the ground around her. Um, so I didn't get that, but I don't know. I, I feel I like they, just, that, they but really I needed conflict. That, what's that? I feel like they just really needed some conflict. And yeah. so they were like, all right, let's get some conflict up in here. So Bill, did you notice that there were like peanut M&Ms like sitting there and she said yes. she never had them before? Okay. So here's the thing. I couldn't figure out what all they had going on there. I know that they couldn't, it seemed like they couldn't show the emblems on them, right? Because it looked like it was potentially M&M's, some type of specialty M&M, and then peanut M&M's. And so I didn't know if she was saying, I've never had like some of the weirder M&M, you know, because they have like coffee, toffee, nut, dark chocolate. And so I wondered if that's what it was, but then they showed her eating a peanut M&M. But if she's never had a peanut M&M, she's had a horrible life. Yeah, I was I was worried that this might have really created a reaction for you. That like yeah. maybe you're like, well, I can't do this season anymore. She's never had yeah, peanut M&Ms. Yeah. I was very confused. I was like, well, maybe she's allergic. But then it's like, well, no, she's eating it. And there should be a much bigger like reaction if she's <laughs> allergic to peanuts and the dude's giving them to her. Like, they're like running out with an EpiPen. <laughs> Anything for the show. That that would have made for some drama this episode, which the episode could have Right. Been- they're like, here's the thing. We'll jam it right into your thigh right after you eat it. But, you know, we really want you to try a peanut M&M that we can't even show the emblem because we didn't take the time to get Eminem to clear it. Oh my goodness. So yeah. So the mystery of the peanut M&Ms remain. Michelle, if you're listening, please answer, you know, help solve this mystery for us. 
So then they do go into the rose there. We're one state away, Michelle. We're one state away, Michelle. You could you could drive down and tell us if you wanted to. We are a short distance in Cedar Falls from Minneapolis, about three and a half hours. We have wonderful I, I trails. Feel like- we could somehow get some funding to have her as a speaker at you and I in the future. Oh, I bet Connie could do it. We can make it happen. So, yes. um, okay. So if, so basically Chris G who I kind of forgot about, like I kept being like, why are they yeah. saying Chris S like there's only one Chris mm-hmm. and like newsflash. No, now there's only one Chris. Um, but there was actually two, um, Romeo and Will also went home, which I was a little surprised by. Um, but Chris S, our villain, stays. Oh, yeah. Well, and I thought the Chris S and Nate argument was pretty amazing. <laughs> like, up by the balcony, like, where people <laughs> were watching them. And it's like, nothing really got said. It was a very bro argument. I loved it all of it. It was a very bro argument. Like, walk away. No, you walk away. Don't walk away from me. I'm going to walk away. Whatever. Oh, my goodness. And I like when someone else- tells someone else. I like when someone, when one bro tells another bro not to walk away from them. And they're like, I'll walk away if I want. But then they turn around and come back and start arguing with them again. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's um, bros. I am bros be arguing. I am not very sharp in a moment in an argument. So, you know, like I need some time to formulate my thoughts. And so I'm very glad <laughs> that like, cause I feel like my insults would be like, you sucked in that teddy bear fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pizza man. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Changing lives one slice at a time. Yes. <laughs> So then they do announce the big news that they will be going to Minneapolis. Um, any predictions? And the people like, pretend they're excited. Yeah, it's pretty lovely. I I like yeah. I like the love the Midwest is getting. So any yeah, predictions? I, I appreciate. Learned? Um. Well, first off, I really appreciate whenever they send them to some place that people clearly don't want to go to. And they're like, we're going to go to Minneapolis. Yay. From California. Um, I don't know. I think Nate's going to, I think the Nate and Chris thing is probably going to be all next episode. Um, but then I feel like there's not very many people left. So you got to start really getting rid of the bad guys. And Clayton still has done nothing of interest. Yeah. I mean, I don't dislike Clayton. Um there are little things that like indicate that he's a good dude, but like nothing that like you typically expect him to be really charismatic or interesting or have like a really phenomenal story um, that would make him the next bachelor. And so the fact that we haven't gotten that yet, I mean, it's building some suspense for me though. I'm like, what, Yeah. what sort of big turns happen this season that we're in for. Yeah. I feel like we're going to find out he's like a double amputee below his knee or like he's struggled with crippling dyslexia his whole life. Or like, I just feel like something's got to come up and the longer they wait to really let us know, like it's going to be big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my, I've got my, maybe last- he's by 
Ooh, that would be interesting. That if they would came really out and they surprise were like, no. me. I would be, yeah. I would be very surprised if that was what was revealed. So, Bill, do you want to hear my lesson learned from this episode? I do. It's I from do, you. That oh, elusiveness. <laughs> yes, it's from you. I learned from Bill this episode that elusiveness and speed are the key to teddy bear fighting. And I also want to say, I saw this and I, somebody stated this so perfectly online. So um, I feel like I need to give credit to someone other than myself, but I, I don't know exactly who it was, but like the men fighting. Um, I loved that. Like Michelle realized what no bachelorette or bachelor has ever stated in a season before, which is contestants fighting doesn't really help you find love <laughs> yes that is like fighting doesn't help find love <laughs> i agree <laughs> that's all i got that's a good that's all we got good awesome what an make episode make sure your hotel has good make sure your hotel has good wi-fi that's my other lesson <laughs> that's our other lesson for the week well, um, make yep. sure that you like us on um, yes, whatever Apple. Make sure, Apple, sure you like us on Apple. Apple and we'll, we'll be in touch, y'all. Have a great week. And you have to you have to uh, leave a review, like a written review, so we can find your name. So if you just give us a five star, we don't know who did that. So you got to leave a name. Yes, do a bill side, and have a great week. <laughs> Bye, everybody. You've been listening to Bachadamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGew and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at bachadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at Thanks for listening.